0: those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month
0: Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Greg Ducharme. And Greg, outside the match play, this is like the wackiest DFS week of the year.
2: Yes, very, very unique setup. And I'm really excited to break it down because we've only had three years of this. So I definitely have some questions. I have some of my own ideas. And I'm really excited to kind of talk our way through this. Um, you know what else I find really interesting about this, Rick? What's that, Greg? There's there's not... like I felt like the last couple of years, there's been like a clear cut winner, you know, like you, you come in, especially 2020 and you knew it was going to be DJ or ROM. And I don't feel that way this year. It's, it's going to be very fun to parse through. And I think that gives you a real opportunity to differentiate yourself. And I think more than any of the previous three years, you have a chance to, um, really, really separate yourself with your lineup construction.
0: All right, well, we'll uh, jump into all of that. But two very important announcements before we do. First off, the fan one and done link. Go vote. That is now live. Link is in the description. 5.4 million bucks up top for the winner. They are the closest to Mark Immelman, and it would ruin his entire year if the fans were to surpass him in the final event. But Greg, the second announcement that I have arguably much more important also relating to one and done. Have you seen that we are auctioning off this uh, spot in our one and done for next year? I
2: uh, have, I seen it. Yes, of course I have. And I saw the new last, last night we had a, a top dollar lead in the, in the auction. Um, and this morning I find out that it's increased substantially nearly double, which is pretty cool.
0: So, this is not a fan vote situation. This is an opportunity to get in our one and done, just like everybody else. You're in contact with Jacob. You submit your picks. Anybody you want, it's it's you. Uh, that is up for bid. Fantasy Football today, they're doing um, an auction where all the proceeds are going to St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Couldn't go to a better cause. Greg, I looked before we went hot. The current top bid is over $1,000 to join our one and done and donate a lot of money to a really good purpose.
2: Yes. Um, And you can't get into a better league, right? It is. It's such a fun league. And when it's going to a great cause, look, this is not an investment. There's no secret about that, Um, but it's going to a good cause. And I guess, you know what? I'll correct myself. It's an investment in your fun and enjoyment for the year. Uh, and knowing that you got in, helping out. I mean, one of, one of the best causes going. I, I don't know how there can be a better one. So it's pretty cool.
0: That auction is almost over. I believe it closes. Uh, I, uh, well, it's like 15 hours from the time that we are recording right now. Or that we are live right now. Whenever this stream started. So it's Tuesday morning. I want to say 10 a.m. Eastern but it might be 7 a.m. Eastern. Whatever it is, go get your vote. Go get your bids in now because it ends like if you're listening to this 24 hours after we are talking right now, Greg, it's too late.
2: Right. So go do it. Get involved. If you're looking for a charity to invest in, this is is the time to do it. And you got a nice little perk. You get to play a year with us. And look, it could be frustrating. I'm not sure if it's a great thing. I mean, you got to deal with Mark Immelman week in and week out. You got to deal with coach week in and week out. Jacob, who is a really improved player this year. I think the most improved player uh, of the year so far this year. You got to deal with all these guys and they're good and they talk about it. You got to deal with Kyle too much, Jacob.
0: Telling you to pound sand every single week.
2: Kyle's going to tell you to pound sand. You got to deal with it. Um, But it is all great fun. (laughs)
0: Uh, it is indeed great fun. And so is the tour championship, the final 30 of the FedEx cup standings, Greg, they have converged on Eastlake. Let's start with the golf course we'll go through that very quickly because we're gonna have to talk a lot about the format and how this all works for fantasy purposes but let's start where we normally do with a little bit of a course breakdown Troy if you're able to share my screen that'd be great my website rickrungood.com east lake Greg we've got a lot of great history here you know we play it uh it's been a staple on the schedule a lot of great data a lot of great information when you start thinking east lake what types of golfers do you start thinking about
2: Well, um, again, with starting strokes, it's important to consider a lot of the, um, a a lot of the players near the top of the leaderboard are affected by that. Uh, But I still, I think of some guys who are great drivers of the golf ball. Uh, That is a, it's a huge factor this week. And I found it really interesting when you get to your, um, your model here, that driving accuracy seems to be really important. And if you look over on the left-hand side at some of your other things in the model, a lot of these things, aside from you know consecutive cuts, that tells you you're playing really well coming in. That doesn't really mean too much to me. Um, but the things like proximity to the hole, uh, fairway proximity, total driving, these things are really important here. So you got to have control of your golf ball and you got to be accurate. Now, we've had some long hitters win, but when they win they have the ball on a string it's it's not really a scramblers type of golf course and and that becomes somewhat common when you get some thick Bermuda rough uh, it's it's really difficult to judge the greens have a lot of slope to them that highlights iron play uh, and and iron play is affected by how often you can put the ball in the fairway so i i do think fairways are more important than most weeks this week uh, and i think accuracy Uh, approaching the greens becomes really important because it's going to dictate how much slope your putt has. And you see some real, you see some putts here that have a lot of break to them. And it, and the play, when, whenever you get an event like this, I think of the Memorial, I think of Augusta national, some of these golf courses with a lot of undulation in the greens, they tend to favor great iron players who can position the ball in the proper spot. So those are two areas I'm uh, focusing a lot of my attention on.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the unpredictable Bermuda grass rough. That's something we've heard just plenty of quotes over the years about guys just wanting to play, needing to play out of the fairway because of the unpredictability that comes with missing those uh, those fairways. And Greg, when you talk about... Um, you know, course difficulty. I mean, this certainly skews on the more difficult side of things. They've gotten some, uh, a lot of rain this year, which could soften some things up. But like this, this is generally a pretty true test with some long par threes, some difficult par fours and the the two fives are really the scoring opportunities out there.
2: Yes. Um, now you have, you know, number eight can be another one. You can drive it up there pretty close to the green. Um, so th- that can be an opportunity for some players as well. But it is a, a tall task and a lot of it has to do with the slope of the greens and the fairways are not overly wide. It, it's a good test through and through. And as I look through this, when i um, so, um staggered, you know, starting strokes aside 15 under is the best score here since 2007. Uh, and um, I believe before that they made some changes. So tiger went really low here one year but they made, they made the golf course a little more difficult after that. And 15 under par is your, is your lowest total T to green. That was Xander Shoffley. Um, not last year, but the year before last year, John Rahm and Kevin, nah, got to 14 under, um, you know, starting at zero, they got to 14 under. So it, it, that's a, I think that's a factor because it's really hard to chase. It's really hard to move your, way your to move yourself way up the board. And, yeah, it's a, it's a test. And I mean, an under par round is a really good score.
0: The format for this week and how it pertains to fantasy scoring is the most important part of all of this. We are going to talk about that and then start going through this field of 30 golfers. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up And we're back. All right, Greg. So here we go. You mentioned it. The fourth year that we've used the staggered start. And I've put that on the cheat sheet, rickrungood.com. I've, I've got it listed on there next to the to the salaries. So based on each golfer's standing in the FedEx Cup uh, race and through the playoffs thus far, they are actually assigned a starting stroke. So before a shot is hit, Scotty Scheffler, 10 under par. Patrick Cantlay eight under Will Zaltor, seven under, so on and so forth, all the way down for all 30 golfers. The final five start at even par. But Greg, I guess the big difference of how that then translates to fantasy scoring is that when this tournament starts, Scotty Scheffler will indeed have those 30 first-place points Assigned to him, but if he triple bogeys the first hole and drops to drops to second uh, that will go down to 20. Right. So those fantasy um, those finishing position points are still going to fluctuate because they're just assigned based on the current positioning of the leaderboard. Yes. And you see
2: it reflected to some degree in the pricing. Correct. So you look at Scotty Scheffler is the highest priced player in the field. He's starting in essence with 30 points. Patrick Cantlay is the second highest price player in the field. He's starting, um, with what, 20 points, I guess. Um, and then you you start to get a couple of mix-ups. For instance, Xander Shoffley is priced higher than Will Zalatoris, even though he's starting a shot behind. Therefore, he's starting point fantasy points behind. John Rahm is ahead of Rory McIlroy, uh, so he's priced higher but starting a shot behind. Um, and I find that very interesting, and I'm very curious to see how that pertains to um, how that affects ownership. And so the question that I have for you is how much how much of this are you weighing uh in your like like what kind of value do you put on those 30 points?
0: Yeah. So I find it I, I'm gonna find it difficult to play Scotty Scheffler this week. Um, because he he like you are paying for that 30 points right? Like you're paying for it. It's $13,600. He's $600 more expensive than Patrick Cantlay. And he's $1,300 more expensive than Xander Shoffley and so on and so forth. Um, which, you know, in reality, uh, it, it can, I kind of only go in one direction, right? Like he can only go from 30 to other points. Obviously he can keep his 30, but what we've seen, um, you know, Justin Thomas was the most expensive player. Golfer, and I think he finished sixth in fantasy points. Dustin Johnson, even winning the FedEx Cup, uh, when he won it, did not score the most fantasy points. In fact, Patrick Cantlay last year was the first time that the most expensive golfer, the guy that started the week number one, actually earned the most fantasy points, and that's important, Greg, because the finishing position points are are, are fine and dandy, but. You start with 30 of them. You don't start with the birdies and the eagles that got you there. You're everyone's level par on the hole by hole scoring aspect of this. Right.
2: And that can affect strategy. So you look at this like a five round tournament. And in the first round of the event, Scotty Scheffler went out and shot 10 under but you don't get any of the work that he did for 10 under. You just get the finishing position. So now he has a leader's mindset and everybody behind him has a chaser's mindset. And if you play showdown, you know, the value of a chaser's mindset, uh, it can be really valuable in fantasy points. So it, it's, um, it, it's a ve- it's very interesting. And it can lead to a lot of questions. And how are these guys going to play it? And are they going to just go out and play their own game? Are they going to be over aggressive? Some of the guys that are farther down the board, uh, are they happy to be there, or do they think they can really move their way up? Um, and I've been looking through some of the the last three years where guys have finished. And you know, last year two guys got into the top five who started at two under, uh, both Kevin Knott and Xander Shawley. Um, The year before that, you only had, well, Xander was started at three under, ended up in second. Scotty Scheffler started at one under and ended up in fifth. So those are um, some examples. Every once in a while you get a guy, Paul Casey in 2019 started at two under and worked his way inside the top five. Every once in a while, uh, a, a player can make a move. It's typically not a lot of guys. But finding that player is really your um, your key to unlocking victory.
0: Yeah, Kevin Nott was $6,000. Last year, scored the third most fantasy points, 107.5. Uh, Billy Horschel was 5,100. He scored 89 fantasy points, which was the seventh most. Daniel Berger also kind of in that mix of guys that were able to really outperform their position that that to me is really what you're looking for guys that can outperform their starting position because the salaries are so heavily tied to the starting position in my opinion so you're for the movers and shakers the ceiling guys as opposed to for me just paying for the floor of scotty scheffler does not seem like the play but that's that's my opinion
2: yeah um and again, he can win and not lead in fantasy points. Correct. So that's, I think that's a really important aspect. You don't necessarily have to have the winner if the winner Scotty Scheffler. And he, there's a lot of pathways for him to win the golf tournament, but there are plenty, there, there are more pathways for some of the players behind him to um, win in fantasy points, which is, of course, all we care about.
0: Correct. So let's, let's, start talking about so so we've got Scotty Scheffler at uh, at 13,600 which is weird to say. Patrick Cantlay at 13,000, Xander Schauffele at 123, Will Zalatoris at 115, John Rahm at 109, Roy McElroy, at 108 and Cam Smith at 104. That that's the seven golfers over $10,000. So, um let's start picking out a couple of these Greg as guys that that are likely to end up in, in our lineups here.
2: Okay. Um, The first guy that really jumps out to me, and this is risky, but it's Will Zalatoris For sure. Um, What is the issue with the back? You're getting a really big discount. Okay. He's starting three shots back and of only two players. He's starting off in third place and could very easily be the favorite after day one. I mean, it, this could be... You have a, a slow start for Cantlay, a slow start for Scheffler, which is very possible. And Will Zalatoris could be your your horse in the race. And he's he's cheaper than Xander Shoffley. Um, which look, I understand Xander's record here, and it's a value and it's something to really consider. But Will Zalatoris, the other thing that i think he's kind of the key to separating your lineup because yeah. he is coming off of a WD and an injury. And so what are players gonna are are the is the everyday player going to stay away from him?
0: To me, he's the he's the absolute X factor at the top of the board, right? And you have to remember, Greg. What is so different about this event is you are literally in every single lineup going to be rostering twenty percent of the field, right? Six right. out. of the field will be in your lineup every single lineup. So the, the ownership numbers are going to be huge, right? You're going to have guys that are 40 and potentially 50% owned. So getting an opportunity to be different on a golfer that um, could legitimately win the FedEx cup, like Zal Torres, only three shots back after a very public WD injury. This is not a PGA tour comms tweet. That Will Zalatoris uh tweaked his back and withdrew. We watched him get treatment, Greg, and we watched him in pain. That to me is fascinating. Now, I don't know the status of Will Zalatoris' back, but I will tell you, he he's the X Factor. He he will make and break slates this week.
2: Yes. And I mean, I'd love to be on the side of him breaking it. And and the other thing that I look at is not just that it's not, this isn't just simply an ownership play, although it does help, but you look at what he's done off the tee lately. You look at what he's done ball strike. I mean, he's the best iron player on the PGA tour this year. Uh, And that goes, that goes a long way for me. Uh, He's not the most accurate hitter of the ball, but he has a way where when golf courses are like this, like major championship type setups to thrive, Uh, You just saw him win on Bermuda greens. You did see a really concerning putt at the BMW uh, from short range, but that that's not enough for me to stay away from him. The one concern is the back. And if the back is healthy enough and he's able to go this week, I, I think his game injury aside is perfect for this venue and he's never played it before. So we don't know, but I would not be surprised if this was a Xander Shoffley situation where he wins his first tour championship.
0: Yeah, I got to get a I got to check the presser schedule because we got to ask Will Zalatoris how that back feels and, and how he's setting up for yeah. the week.
2: It's um, a great point. You could be patient on it. You don't have to book this and lock him into, you know, 80 percent of your lineups or 100 percent of your lineups tonight. You can wait and see. But he's the name. He's the first name I circled.
0: I'm um, excited about Patrick Cantlay. I'm very interested in what's going to happen with Will Zalatoris, and then I think Rory McIlroy here, Greg. So he's he's four under. Um, I I think he's one of the few guys who can kind of make up that ground. You know, when you start to look at, and, and you have to do a lot of napkin math and you've got to make a lot of assumptions but it's it's likely that rory has to probably gain like 13 or 14 strokes to the field this week to, to have a chance at winning the fedex cup uh very very possible right yeah, yeah. 16 at the open championship. He gained 12 and a half at the U S open 20 at the RBC Canadian. He's routinely gained double digit strokes to the field. He's going to have to do something like that. Maybe, maybe 13, 14, 15 ish. But if anybody was capable of pulling it off, it would be Rory. And especially at a place like Eastlake, where I I believe Mark Immelman once said he could roll out of bed and finish inside the top three or something like that. Yes. Well, I mean,
2: (laughs) we know what he does off the tee, Right. Go back to his, um, the Holy, his Holy grail. Yeah. Look, look. So what he does off the tee is incredible. He's only lost strokes off the tee twice this season. It's a great run. Uh, he clearly got back on track with that at the BMW championship. It's a huge advantage, but what he's doing with his iron play, I think is a really good sign for him. And so now that starts to raise the floor and he, he starts to gain a lot of that 14 strokes in what he does off the tee and what he does with his iron play. And now we're leaning on what's he going to do on the greens. And you see, he lost four and a half strokes last week. He lost, um, you know, over one at the FedEx St. Jude and in, in just two rounds and putting has been an issue over the last two weeks, but that I, I still think that could be rust. Now you come to a golf course that you're familiar with that you like. And there's a very real chance for me that in this season, Rory McIlroy's best putting season on the PGA tour, that he has made real improvement and will shake off the rust at some point. And boy, that's a it's kind of a nice thing to bet on um, when you're talking about Rory McIlroy, when his floor is as high as it is because of his comfort on the golf course and his ability to to green.
0: He's gained strokes putting at Eastlake in three straight years. He's done it in five of his last seven and five out of eight in total. I'm showing his uh, tour championship numbers right now. So really good stuff for Rory there. Um, the one guy before we move on, Greg, that would worry me. I guess there's I guess we got to kind of talk about a couple of these guys. Um, I, I John Rahm is, is the guy that I'm referring to here. I... I ran some simulations again. You got to make a lot of assumptions to do this, but he's going to start seven shots back, and you could say like he's he has not been as good in the last thirty six rounds as he has been in his last one hundred. So, like even if you give him credit for being like the last one hundred version of himself. He's got to gain like 17 strokes to the field. It's something he's done once in his career, the 2020 Memorial. I just think the path the path to him actually winning is very, very narrow. The path to him playing well, I, I think that's all there. But you are paying a pretty steep price for a guy who's starting at three under par. He is the fifth most expensive golfer. Now,
2: I I got two questions for you. One, yeah. do you think that's going to crush his ownership? People are going to stay away because he's starting at three under and is the fourth highest price player, fifth Mm -hmm. highest price player.
0: I I think, I think people look at a fifth and an eighth, um, you know, he got hot at time. He actually, the last three rounds he had last week were phenomenal his history around here. I think he's going to be fairly significantly owned. I just think he is going to have to probably be like a top three point scorer, to justify the salary and the, and the ownership that I think he's going to have, which I just think it's obviously possible. It's John Romp. I just think that's a very, very narrow path to him doing that.
2: Yeah, but he can, he can be, he can be worth the value without winning. Right. He, can he be the leading point scorer in in this thing? It's
0: going to be um, the difference between, minus three, which is going to be what T 16, right? Is that what that, is that what that is? Um, uh, yes. Yeah, I believe so. And the way that they crank up the finishing position points at the top of it, he's going to have to just like real, I mean, he's going to have to, he's going to have to pass a ton of guys and be literally within like the top three of the FedEx cup points for him to, earn enough fantasy points because, and especially on harder golf courses, finishing position points become a larger percentage of the total points that are being scored. I just think it's Mm -hmm. a very, very tough math problem for John Rahm to solve. It's interesting.
2: I mean, because here's the other side of the coin, a third of the top five finishers over the last three years, you've got 15 players that finish in the top five and five of them started at three under or worse. So there, there's an opportunity. It's just understanding who those guys are going to be, and I do think that that could very well be John Rahm. Um The question is, do you want to? Do you want to leverage? Is your whole lineup is really based on that. I, I think it's really hard to get uh, Will Zalatoris and John Rahm on the same team. I, I just think that's a little bit of a challenge, uh, and and you hand you start to handicap a lot of your. A lot of your lineup, so I I I'm fine with fading Rom just based on the price you're paying. But I do I don't think it's something that you
0: should rule out. And if ownership's low, I would I'd be willing to take that chance. Uh, quickly on Camp Smith, who's you know kind of the the forgotten guy here, didn't play the BMW Championship. He's ten thousand four hundred. He's going to start six shots back, I believe. He cost himself three shots uh, at least, uh, not playing last week, it, and and obviously plenty of swirling conversation about uh, him going to live. So we'll see what his ownership is as we get further on in the week. But um, he's four hundred dollars cheaper than Rory McIlroy, and he's going to start in the same position.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot to be had there. Um, look, he's in a race for the player of the year. You have a live conversation that is rampant. Uh, I wonder if there's a group of people who are going to look at that, uh, with bias and say, I'm not playing him. And I hope they do. Cause I think he's worth, I think he's worth playing. I think he's a great value. I'm a little worried about his driving accuracy, yeah. but at the same time, uh, I would say this, I would have said the same thing about the players where he won. I would have said the same thing about the FedEx St. Jude Championship where he contended. Uh, so he's he's shown an ability to to compete on all styles of golf course, and I love his I love what he can do with his irons. I think it really raises the ceiling. He's one of the best birdie makers on the PGA Tour. Um, there's there are a lot of reasons to play Cam Smith, um, and you just have to put the rumors aside and take the bias out of it and and play to play to win this thing. And he could be a really valuable token too. I mean, Cam Smith and Will zalatoris if you could find a way to get those two guys together, you'd have a lot of leverage on the field.
0: Yeah, they are. They are going to be big question marks. And I wonder how people are going to treat them over the course of the next couple of days if if you know, we don't get much more information on either of them. Right. Let's jump on down to the nines here. Sam Burns, who will start at five under, is 9,900. Tony Finau is 9,600 and minus four. Justin Thomas is 9,400 minus three. Sung JM, 9,100 minus four. Cam Young, $9,000 minus three. So I think there's, uh, I don't have much opinion. I like, I have a strong opinion positively on one guy and kind of a strong opinion negatively on the other. And the other guys, I'm just like kind of lukewarm on. All right.
2: um, Let me ask you about Sung JM. Okay. Um, cause he's a guy that I'm very interested in. And the reason is his driving is so good. Um, he is so accurate. A lot of what he does is accuracy based. And I think that could play right into his hands this week. Um, he's been putting really well the last four events he's gained strokes putting, uh, and, and I could see, I could see Sung Jae-in being a factor in this thing.
0: He's been phenomenal. The the driver has been a legitimate weapon. He's been like a top 3 driver on tour for a while. At least statistically, the putter is back when he gets all that dialed in. Like, yeah, he's this is this is a pretty good spot to roll out Sung and I don't yes. think it's going to be all that popular because like Justin Thomas is here, and that's the guy that I'm kind of worried about, Greg. And yeah. We've been, we've been documenting, and you've done such a good job with documenting the the putter, physically the putter changes for Justin Thomas through this year and how it has almost directly impacted his putting stats, right? There's there's few change, uh, opportunities where we see a guy make a change and the stats reflected immediately. Make a change, stats reflected immediately. He threw in a new gamer last week. Uh, I think it was a half inch shorter, right? And he went out and gained two strokes in the first round. And I said, Oh my God, Greg, he found It's happened again. Yeah. Well, good news for me who was fading Justin Thomas. He punted away like five and a half strokes over the final three rounds. So that was not, that was not the, the, the fix. That was not the cure all now five straight events. He's lost stro- strokes with the flat stick.
2: Yeah. And that's why he would, that's why he made another change. Cause he made his first change at the final round of the RBC heritage and all of a sudden it worked and he wins the PGA and he has, I mean, it was like 12 rounds in a row. He gained strokes putting, it was awesome. And, and then all of a sudden that kind of starts to simmer down and fade. Yeah, here you go. You got, that's the, that's the round by round. Yeah, so so here, right before be that, eight, yeah, right. that's the, that's the streak right there. Final round of the RBC heritage, he actually lost. And then he put it, he had it in play next week and all the way through
0: nine in a row. He gains nine in a row and basically gained like 14 out of 15 during that stretch. Right. Rounds. That's, that's
2: even for great putters. I mean, you lose a little bit here and there. So, um, that, that was a really impressive performance, but it's cooled off. And unfortunately for Justin Thomas, the iron play has cooled off as well. Glad you noticed that it has. Yeah. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, it, can he bounce back with his iron play? Yes. Can he play this golf course? Yes. He's a great talent. But what I see out of the guys who play really well here at Eastlake, they come in playing really well. You don't want to back in here. It's a hard golf course. If you're off your game, it can really go the other way quickly. So I, I have my worries about JT. And I, I think for me this week, he's a fade.
0: I'm going to continue to fade. Uh, hasn't burned me yet. If it burns me, fine. But I think he's going to be popular. He has great history around Eastlake. But yeah, I, I see the red flags there. I see. I'm glad you mentioned the approach play because I've been, you know, focused on the putter. But you're right. The 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 second shots have not been as sharp either. I, I, I'll i be happy to get burned. Um, I'm going to probably be out on JT here. Yep. I'm with you.
2: And especially when Sungjae is sitting right there, $300
0: cheaper and has been much better. I I, think, I just have to go that way. Uh, the other guy is uh, Tony Finau, who I think is fairly criminally underpriced. So he's 9600 He is 4 under. Greg, if you like ceiling, and I know you do, I got a guy for you here. So let me just pull this up. I'm going to show you the best uh, PGA Tour... Ceiling performances this year. Just the most strokes gained, all the PGA Tour events. Let me... uh, I love it. it Number one, Rory McIlroy. I guess we'll do guys in this field. Rory McIlroy. Number one, 20 strokes gained at the RBC Canadian. Number two, three, and four are all Tony Finau. 18 strokes, 18 strokes, 17 and a half strokes. Then Scotty Scheffler's master's performance. Tony Finau is literally, literally, I'm not even exaggerating, like the highest ceiling golfer on tour. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And then, so I got to show
2: you one other thing in in your website here. Go back to your course key stats. Okay. uh, And scroll down a little bit. Yeah. 24 rounds, the yeah. bet in the last 24 rounds, the yeah. best course fit. Mm-hmm. According to the, this is pure data, pure data. Tony Fino is the top guy. He is a better fit here than Rory McElroy, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Cantlay, everybody. And he's in the range. I think at the low end of the range, you guys who can actually win.
0: I agree. And, I, and he's 9,600. I actually think there's only six guys that can win. He's, he's the furthest one back. Do you want to hear my six guys? Yes. All right. Well, there's a couple obvious ones. Scotty can't lay Will, right? Scotty can't lay Will, Xander, uh, Rory, and Tony Finau. That's it. Those are the only six. John Rahm cannot win. Cam Smith cannot win. Sam Burns cannot win. Justin Thomas cannot win. Those are the six. Wow. And that's uh, your pathways to success. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, like those other guys can win, but I'm like that that's that's the group. Yes. Based on um, how likely it is for. So once you start going further down the board, you have to have just an absolute ceiling week and the likelihood of that happening. No, like, for example, if you go all the way down to Tom Hoagie, Tom Hoagie needs to have like the best performance he has ever had in his entire career by a mile. Right. Like that is and and he also (laughs) needs Scotty Scheffler to not. Correct. Yes. And Scott and if Scottie Scheffler just has like a, a medium week. Hoagie still loses. Right. Right. So, right. so there's, there's all these paths to doing it. So I I believe in my opinion, it's, it's Scotty, Patrick, Xander, Will, uh, Rory and Finau. Those Those are the six. Just
2: to put it this in perspective, if you take Tom Hoagie or anybody starting at even par and they shoot the best round in the last three years, they get to fifteen under, right? Yeah. They tie what Xander did two years ago. You're talking about Scotty Scheffler having to play one under par golf each day. Right. Basically. And and you lose. Um two under par golf for Patrick Cantley. Right. There's a lot of green in the far right column for Scotty Scheffler, which yeah. means he's shooting under he's shooting under par on, on these golf courses. And you're
0: talking about Scotty gaining uh, four strokes to the field over four rounds, which he has done basically every time he's made the cut. And by the way, he's not going to get cut this week. So if you give right. him four rounds, he does it like almost yeah. every single week. So it, it becomes extremely narrow
2: for the guys at even extremely narrow for the guys that won under, it doesn't mean they're not valuable and they're going to be, some of them are going to be in your lineup, but they're not going to win. So I like those six that you have.
0: That's the six. And guys. I love Tony now That's the other key here. He might be the value play of the whole of the whole event. I think, yes, because I think he could get you he can get you the scoring. He can get you the finishing position because I think he's live to pull it off. He's 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 a ceiling guy. He's a ceiling guy. So we'll we'll see. Um, We have to continue to go down the eights, the sevens, the sixes and even the fives. Yes, yes. It's a crazy,
1: crazy week. But first, we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we're back. Okay.
0: We've got the nature of this event, Greg, because you have some guys who, you know, uh, uh, like like Colin Morikawa is in the 7,000. We're not even going to get to him yet. Like wh- right. you can get some weird uh, prices on guys because it is so dependent on the starting stroke. So the $8,000 range is very, very small. Matt Fitzpatrick is 8,800. He'll start at minus three. Victor Hovland, Joaquin Neiman, Hideki Matsuyama will all start at minus two. They're 85, 83, and $8,100 respectively. And then Corey Connors minus one is $8,000. So those five guys, we've got to figure out um, who's in and who's out.
2: Yes, and this is very interesting. There are two guys here I really like. One is uh, kind of obvious, um, and that's Corey Connors. Mm-hmm. He seems to check all the boxes. He is one of your um, one of your best total drivers of the ball in the game. Uh, um, I think this season on tour, he's on. Yeah, it. it you got to go away. So since the Arnold Palmer Invitational of 2021, he's lost strokes off the tee in one event, which was the Scottish Open. And he lost less than one stroke. <laughs> yes. Okay. This is, and he's not the longest player out there. It's not like cheat code. I got 130 miles an hour of club head speed and right. I can have a bad day and gain strokes. No, this is, uh, he's, he's lo- he's fourth on tour in total driving yeah he 70, is as 70, good as it gets he's 77th in distance so that means he's just like living
0: out of the short grass
2: peppering fairways and i think that creates a huge advantage he also he hits a ton of greens in regulation he's a ball striking machine and you said a couple of weeks ago he's a he's a good putter now he's lost strokes putting two out of the
0: last three he's, he's had a much improved much improved
2: yeah and i think that uh I think there's a real opportunity for him to perform quite well. And then, well, um, unless you got something else on Corey Connors, I'll yeah, give you yeah, my other guy. Yeah, roll on. So the, the other guy for me is a little more, a little riskier and it's Victor Hovland. Mm. Um, and the thing about Victor is I was really high on him last week. And part of it was because I was pinched to play him in one and wanted done. I wish I saved him for this week. Um, so I felt a little a little pinched, and he didn't hit it well with his irons. Uh, even with the hole in one, he's pretty he lost. Four
0: strokes on approach with an ace.
2: Yeah, it's on very unlike him. But yeah. I think that's an important point. He doesn't do that very often. Uh, he is a really, really solid iron player. So uh that being considered, yeah. I mean, that's his fourth
0: performance ever. That's that's unlikely to happen again
2: it's unlikely to happen again. And I think his game suits the golf course. He's another guy that's, he's long, but he doesn't gain all of his strokes off the tee through length, right? He's, he peppers fairways too, uh, at least can. And I think he's putted really well too. Um, you're talking about six out of the last seven events he's gained strokes putting. And if he has a good ball striking week, which to me is very, there's a very good possibility of that happening. Yep. Victor Hovland can move himself right up this board.
0: Yeah, he's gained in the ball striking categories like 25 of his last 30 starts. So, I mean, it's it's like very likely that he continues to do that, now putting uh, now putting much better. Okay, um, so the way that I kind of look at this, I am pretty neutral on most of the $8,000 range. I think Joaquin Neiman's very interesting. You know, he's playing better. He had an eighth last week, a 13th in Memphis. He's got great tee to green numbers. He's going to need to putt well. Mm-hmm as much as I love Matt Fitzpatrick, um, he, and this is all relative because obviously he won the U S open, but he is much more of a consistent floor golfer than he is a high upside ceiling golfer. And that's great. That that made, that makes Matt Fitzpatrick a lot of money and a lot of top tens and a lot of top twenties. but, unlikely that he goes out and gains the 17 or 18 strokes in the field that he's going to need to gain starting from seven shots back as opposed to like Tony Finau who you know might finish 42nd but he might snap off and have one of the best performances of the year which he's actually done.
2: Yes so it, it it's much more unlikely um, but that being said can he go out and shoot 10 under in this event because if he can Right. If he goes out and shoots 10 under and ends up at 13 under, he's going to finish inside the top 10.
0: The one thing that is m- more interesting about Fitzpatrick is because this is, this does skew more difficult. This golf course does. Yeah. So, you know, two under par a day, two or three under par a day. That's kind of right up the alley of Matt Fitzpatrick. It's just, um, you know, he's got to do a little bit more because of the seven shots. But yeah, that that is kind of the one little thing that I do. If this was a if this was also going to be a birdie fest, there'd be no chance. Right. But right. but, but because, it's typically not. Right. Because it's typically not that is at least a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel there.
2: Yeah. And I've seen, I've noticed in these last couple of, I mean, 10 under was a top 10 last, last year. Um, you look back at 2020, it took 11 under to get into the top 10 in 2019. 10 under would have been top five. So the the golf course skews uh, much more difficult. That includes starting strokes. Mm-hmm. and And I think he can shoot 10 under on his own ball. So I'm, I understand uh, the fade of Matt Fitzpatrick because that's kind of the gut feeling too. But I just, I I do think that's an important advantage for him that he doesn't have to go, you know, these, you don't need guys who can win. You need some, you need some guys who can win, but having a guy like him on, in your lineup, maybe eighty eight hundred is a little steep for that kind of a strategy, but uh, you know,
0: it could, it could possibly work. The sevens, Uh, Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, Max Homa, Scott Stallings, friend of the pod, Sepp Struka, uh, all between 7900 and 7200 And Greg, the guy that stands out most to me is is, is Morikawa. So $7,900, one under. I'm hoping that everyone remembers you know, the 10 that he made on Sunday yeah. and how that impacted his finishing position and all that stuff. But if you go round by round... Um, So obviously he lost four strokes on approach in Wilmington on Sunday where he put two in the drink, but he had gained at least a stroke on approach in five straight. You go a little bit further. He did it his final two rounds at the Open Championship. It just feels like we've seen a lot more ceiling Morikawa as of late than we did kind of during that rough stretch where he couldn't figure out whether he was hitting a draw or whether he was hitting a cut. We've seen a ceiling Morikawa and that's what I want from one under par $7,900.
2: Yes. Uh, fair price. He can He can move his way right up this leaderboard. He has that kind of potential. Um, the, the one question mark for me, we haven't seen very good playoff performances from Colin Morikawa in the past. Um, and that might be somewhat of a concern for me. Um, he was sixth in 2020. I believe he entered there as the leader. I think he entered, maybe that was the, the playoffs as a whole uh, you, or was think,
0: that last year? Morikawa's best performance was in 2020. Uh, and he started, I, I can look at back what he started. So it's so in 2019, JT started as the favorite. Uh, oh, all right. He
2: entered as the
0: yeah. leader heading into the
2: playoffs. He didn't start at 10 under. Oh yes. You're
0: right. And then he, yes, correct.
2: Correct. So that, that's my mistake. Um, but he shot he in 2020, he shot eight under eight under. He started at five under ended up 13, ended up at 13 under. Um, so that's pretty good. I mean, that's a good performance. He's shown it. He's shown he can do it. I'm with you. i, I like the Morikawa play, especially if people run away from the 10 and the six. Right. And the four putt.
0: Or or just or they just look and say, oh man, a 44th. But really, he was like in the thick of it. Yeah. He shot a 78 on Sunday. That's eight over, right? Seven over. Right. Seventy-one. Um yeah. So he was, I and, mean, he was
2: in it. And then you you add to the equation what he does really well in general, and pounding fairways is right, right up his alley. Yeah, he is extremely accurate, which can go a long way out here. Um, he's extremely accurate with his iron play, as we know, extremely accurate off the tee, and that could move him up the board tremendously. But the the guy that jumps out to me is really uh, Scott Stallings, and yeah. I'm very like this guy has been, we've been commenting on this for a while now has been on fire approaching the green. Yeah. Uh, and, and what I saw on Sunday was a guy that on the last four holes, he hit a little nervy one on 14. After that, he had putts inside of 20 feet on every single hole coming in. And if he makes one of those, he's in a playoff. Uh, if he makes two of those, he wins the he wins a playoff event and he's in fourth place. We've already talked about him, or we've already faded him, or whatever you know, whatever's happened. I decided on him, right? But it that Iron Play stood up under that kind of pressure, and he's plenty long. He's I mean he's not a he's not a short hitter. He's inside the top fifty on tour in driving distance for last, the year.
0: Last twenty four rounds, he is the second best approach player in this field behind just Scotty Scheffler. He is also gaining off the tee is also gaining around the green he's also g- gaining with the flat stick i mean th- this has been uh a-, a very impressive run and and remember remember we had a conversation about him it was probably at rocket mortgage and we said look at what his finishes were he had three yes. at you know charles schwab travelers and john deere and he had missed the cut at the u.s open and the memorial and the pga championship well i'll tell you what scott I'm sorry, because you are proving it, bud. In the playoffs, a runner-up finish at the BMW Championship. It's not just weak fields. It's not just these, you know, other events. That's a big boy. That's a big boy. Well, I think there's a chance, too,
2: Rick, that he leveled up, right? He he said, hey, I I can do this against anybody. Yeah. And it's such a simple motion. And he's doing all the right things, taking care of his body. This is not a -a create-a-player guy anymore.
0: Right, he's a real factor, and and the other cool thing is he's starting at three under. (laughs) We were so close. Yes, okay. So that is the other thing. So so he is, you know, cheaper. Basically, everyone above him up to Matt Fitzpatrick, he is going to start ahead of, and he is as much as eleven hundred dollars cheaper than like Victor Hovland. Now, can Victor make up one shot over four rounds? Obviously, but is that worth eleven hundred dollars? For example, right? Like that's the game we're playing now. Yes. And it is what you know, what
2: are the likelihoods of that? Do you feel better? Look, when I I gave uh, Hovland a, a tout, but a lot of that a lot more of that is based on general ability um, than than what I see with Scott Stallings. Scott Stallings, it's not based on general ability. It's based on performance over the last two months which is enough for me to say it's real and can stick. And he just proved it in a great field. And I think he can go prove it again. And so I really like having those three shots to start with and only spend 7,400 on it. I think he could be a, you know, a, I, I'm i curious because I don't know what's going to happen with ownership. Are people going to look at that second place and say, won't happen again? Um, or are people going to look at the price and say, he just finished in second. I, I want get, get me in on it. But I mean, I, I, my tendency is I'm in on it and I'm not sure he's going to win the tournament, but this is the kind of, if this were a normal event, I'd be looking at this saying Scott Stallings has a win coming to him very soon. Um, I still am, but that might not be in the form of holding the FedEx cup this week, but it might be in the form of um, getting the points in the official world golf rankings.
0: Yeah, we are uh, probably going to have to find a new generic golfer. Uh, yeah. use on the pod instead of Scott Stone. When you make the Tour Championship and, you know, start at 3 under, uh, we might have I'm to retire. Second in a playoff event. Yeah, we might have to retire that at some point. The final guy here and I don't think we need to spend much time on it, but um Sepp Straka is minus four. I'm very interested to see what people do because Sep Straka is starting at minus four. He's starting much higher on the leaderboard than a lot of these other guys that are priced more expensive than him. He is objectively, like unless you run the stats for the last eight rounds, anything longer than that, Sepp Straka is going to be at the bottom of the entire 30-man field in strokes gain total or a lot of other categories. But I'm interested to see if, if, if this is enough bait for people to say, well... Minus four, how far could he possibly drop for 7,200 bucks, right? That's the game we're playing here.
2: Listen, you can fall to the bottom so quickly in this event. Like it's a hard golf course and you get off a little bit. I'm not saying he's going to, this is more of a general take. You can plummet to 30th in an instant Um, because you you can go shoot 75 easily. That's five over out here. You're talking about being over par after round one. And I mean, as, as much, maybe five shots, back, 15 shots back of the lead. Yeah. So yeah, it can happen quick. And now that being said, he has looked much better T to green the last two weeks. Um, the difference between, well, there was a difference on approach too, but a big difference last week uh, was in the putting. It was a seven, almost eight shot difference between his second-place finish in Memphis and the BMW Championship. But, look, I, I don't I don't love... I don't think there's enough value here. Um, and it's a lot of risk. And I don't
0: personally like it. I'm with you. Uh, let's lump all the guys at the bottom together. This is Billy Horschel, Sahith Tagala, Adam Scott, KH Lee, Brian Harmon, Aaron Wise, JT Poston, Tom Hokey. If you... Want me, you know, I was going back and flipping through these. Like th- this is where the the big money contests are, are won, right? I mean, yes, one of these guys or two of these guys is going to move up the board. We saw it with uh Kevin Nobb, Billy Horschel, Daniel Berger last year. I'll pull up the I'll pull up the results for uh previous years. But the th- this it, this is not a throwaway range. You know, we've got to continue to consider this range here. Um is there one or two guys that you think is the most likely to be able to accomplish that? Yes. The unfortunate thing
2: is they're starting at even par. Two of them that I really like that I think rate out pretty well. Um, and I wouldn't go with both of these guys. right? I, I, I wouldn't go with a stack of two guys at even par. If you can avoid it, avoid it. Because um, it's just it's very unlikely. Um, so even as my least favorite range, I happen to really like two of these players. It's KH Lee and and Aaron wise. Mm. Um, I, I think they seem to rate out really, really well. Um, I love what KH Lee has been doing off the tee lately. He's been hitting the ball really nice of late and he's gained strokes putting in five straight events. Um, this is a, this is a real trend. And I think it's, I think there's something there. His game seems to fit. And also, uh, he popped up in, in the course, maybe not. Never mind. Forget I said anything. But I like K. I like KH Lee. I st- I stand by that. I think he could be one of the potentials. The other guy's Aaron Wise. Uh, and I like him more than KH Lee because he's, at, um, he's cheaper. So he's 5,400. Getting down into that 5K range can really open up some things at the top. But, I mean, the driving of this guy has been off the charts. And it just feels like a year where he has improved tremendously. Uh he has the potential to to putt well. He, I wouldn't say he's on team no putt anymore and the ball striking has stayed there. Uh, and 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 I I think Aaron Wise fits this golf course really nicely. It, again, driving um approaching the green, he's gained over 3 shots in his last two events and and he has had the ability to gain over 7 through the year. Uh, on multiple occasions, so that that raises his ceiling to me, and um and and I think he's a really good play. He also, he plays hard golf courses quite well. He stepped up in some majors this year. He stepped up big time at the Memorial this year. I I wish he was one under or two under, um, but then I'm sure the price would reflect it. But I, I really like
0: Aaron Wise. In 2019, Ches Revi was the big mover. He was 5100. He finished eighth in the staggered start, was the third highest fantasy scorer. In 2020, let's see. We got uh, Sebastian Munoz, who was 5,900 and finished eighth. Mackenzie Hughes was 5,200 and finished 14th, but they were both within the top 11 or so of fantasy scoring. And then last year, we already mentioned Kevin Na finishing third at $6,000, Billy Horshel ninth at fifty one hundred, uh, and Daniel Berger was was in the optimal lineup at um, fifty eight hundred dollars, eleventh place. Uh, so yes, this is still a very critical portion of the board. I think I think Aaron Wise is interesting, and I think that um, Sahith is interesting. If we can, like, I think Sahith is super high risk, uh, but if I'm down here fishing around in the upper sixes, I might be I might be happy with that. I just, I worry
2: a little bit about, I mean, I love, I love Scythe. I worry about uh, the driving. I I don't know if he's as accurate off the tee as I'd like. Last week was bad. (laughs) Yeah. He has a tendency to spray it, but that kind of fits that golf course. It was kind of okay. I mean, the rough was thick, but you had room. I don't know if it's going to work out quite as well here. So it, um, his, his accuracy is the biggest concern to me. I also wonder if he's going to get here and, and be just thrilled to be here. He's happy to be here. Um, mm. Yeah. Is, is he in the happy to be? He's certainly a worthy candidate of being in the happy to be here class. <laughs> yeah. Um, he deserves he that. But yeah. I don't think it makes him a smart fantasy play.
0: Okay. Well, we will see, and there's still plenty of time to figure out how ownership is going to shake out. And Greg, while we do not have Sian Ajad, we will still honor him with our Strokes Gain narrative. Yes. Uh, Producer Troy's been compiling these, and uh, let's see what we've got. Oracle says his Strokes Gain narrative is, my so sick of live anti-Greg Norman. So this goes, Tony ain't going to live for no fee now. Oh, (laughs) Got me. Good one there. (laughs) Rory ripping Greg a new one McIlroy. John, I want to rom this FedEx cup up. Norman's dot, dot, dot. Max, the (laughs) PGA is my homer. Colin, I don't want to live here. No Morikawa. And Jay, tee it up for 72, not 54. That's from Oracle. All right. Clever. And it has an emotional connection (laughs) because I agree so much. (laughs) Certainly does. Ryan uh, is going with our great city of Atlanta is home to some of the most famous hip hop artists in the world. Oh boy. I'm going to try to pull these off. Okay, here we go. Waka Flocka Sep struck a flame. Should <laughs> you ever think I'd say that Greg? No, no, I don't. Uh, I didn't. That's phenomenal. J T I Poston Got that one. Andre 3000. Ershoffly. No, I don't get that. Okay, I don't get it. But
2: Andre 3000. How's that Xander Shoffley. Andre 3000. But what's the er? I don't know. 3000 er? I don't know. I don't um, get it. Xander. Uh, on. I, I don't either.
0: I don't know. K. K-, X- K- Never mind. K. K-, K- H. Gnarls Barkley. Uh. Lil John Rom and Rory Mick Mickle Big Boy Mackle Mickle Big Mackle Big Boy. <laughs> All right, look, I, yeah, that's tough.
2: It's a little bit more out of my league than, um, than the oracles, so I understood it, but it's it's clever.
0: These creative. are not necessarily strokes narrative as much as they are, as like make Rick look like a full lineup. <laughs> Thanks. Let's see what else we got. Uh, TJ's got people born in Georgia, home of the Tour Championship. Okay, Cameron Young Thug. Okay, I got that one. Yeah, yeah. KH Spike Lee. Okay, Spike Lee. K-H. Yeah. Lil John Rom. Okay, that makes another performance. Yeah. Lil Nas X Shawfling. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I get that one. Yeah. Luke Brian Harmon and Mike Willie made it. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah, very good. Clever. Jo- Joseph. Um, oh, boy. Joseph says, prior to Clearwater Beach, I lived in Georgia. He says, lots of great sports. So, oh, no. Good thing Mark's not here. Uh, we blew a 28-3 gala lead. 28-3. Oh. That's the Falcons. Sorry about that. Wow. Yeah. Tomahawk. Okay. Tomahawk Chop Hoagie. That's Tom Hoagie in honor of the Braves. Yeah. Cameron Trey Young, Trey Young plays for the Hawks. Yep. Okay. Miles Robin Sun J M. All right. All right. That was good. Um, oh, see, I know this one. Is this Tonia or Tanya? Tonia Kaufman Finau. So it could be Tonia Kaufman Finau, Tony Finau. She plays yeah. for the Atlanta Dream.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, it's got to be Nia. But I don't know. I don't know the Atlanta Dream very well.
0: And then CFB national champion Smith Championship. That's the University of Georgia. Bulldogs. Yeah. I think we have Go Dogs. <laughs> go Dogs. All right. John Markowski, the goat. Hello, John. Oh, okay. Look at this. He has worked in some betting phrases, some wagering stuff here. Patrick can't play so low at plus three thirty. Is that VR friends over at Caesar or at Caesar Sportsbook, John? I hope it is. I don't know where else it would be. Obviously. Will Zalator his back muscle? No, can do plus 1,000. <laughs> Cam Smith, 2,800. Couldn't live with myself at that number. Hello. Aaron Ain't Wise at 200 to 1. Uh JT isn't posting low enough score for plus 40,000 and Tom rather buy a Wawa hoagie than donate at plus 40,000. <laughs> Clever. I like it. I had a hoagie this week, Greg. Did for you? First, oh yeah. yeah, back in Philly. Went to Wawa got myself a hoagie. Uh just as I remember. Yeah, pretty pretty awesome. good. Awesome. In uh, Connecticut
2: we call it a wedge. A wedge. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd never heard that before. The first time I went, I got, I went to a deli. I got some people took an order. Uh, yeah. I'll get a turkey wedge. They're like, okay. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll just, I don't know what a wedge is, but I'll just ask for it. Like, is that a wedge? What is that? A salad? You're going to a turkey salad. Yeah. So there's
0: quick. a hoagie, a grinder, a sub, and apparently yep. a wedge. Yeah. Wedge. Hmm. Grinder. That was another one
2: I learned in college for the first time. It was surprising. I always yeah. called it a sub. That's where I where I grew up. That's where we called it, what we called it. But hey, well, a hoagie sounds good to me.
0: Yeah, a hoagie is good. All right. Um thank you for the Strokes game, narrative, lineups, and thank you for your attention to the links in the description, which is where you can vote for the fan one and done, or if you're feeling real frisky, go ahead and bid on your opportunity to join our one and done. Uh, It's not going to come cheap, but all of the proceeds do indeed go to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. So it's going to a good cause and probably a write-off, Greg. I don't know. I don't know how taxes work. I just write off everything. I don't know. (laughs) You just write it off. There's a <laughs> they, sign for that. Yeah, they don't know. Or yeah, <laughs> they just write it off. They just write off. That's when Jerry's stereo breaks, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Do you even know what a write-off is? No. No. They do. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. Uh, Producer Troy does all the hard work behind the scenes. Thank you very much. Uh, Greg Ducharme is available on Twitter at the Real gfd and you can find me at rick run good this has been the first cut we'll catch you next time
3: hey everyone this is jimmy conrad your favorite former u.s men's national team player and the host of the call it what you want podcast And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time.